0: blog, talk, radio. Hello and welcome. This is Ursula Pottinger from Be Above Leadership, and I'm here with my good friend and the co-founder of Be Above Leadership. Um, and today's topic is Less Effort, More Results, The Neuroscience of Effectiveness.
1: Ooh, well, I love that. well this hello. Is, yes. <laughs> hello. <laughs> Hello, it's 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 been I um, mean something that we think about a lot, but it wasn't until recently when one of our students asked me, you know, because we have this model and it's on our website at beaboveleadership.com and the seven levels of effectiveness. And so one of our students uh, fairly recently said, "Well, what exactly?" mean by effectiveness and I thought that is really a good question because it's so much the water that we swim in that Mm -hmm. it was useful to sort of take a moment and say okay well how are we defining it versus how others might be defining it what's the the above thinking around this and Mm -hmm. for me the bottom line is that as we increase in effectiveness, in the seven levels of effectiveness, it takes less effort to achieve more results. And then that gets really layered, right, Ursula? Oh, my
0: gosh. I mean, uh, it's sort of like when I hear you say this, it's like, yup. That is true. And it is just so incredibly layered and complex. So I was thinking in order for our listeners to understand just a tiny little bit about the seven levels, um, should we give them just a big picture overview what it
1: actually is? Yeah, I mean, when we talk about levels of effectiveness, we're working with a model, and it's just the above model. There are other models of development or consciousness where we're basically looking at, you know, without going into all the granularity, that there are levels that are more um, destructive to life. We call those the below-the-line levels. And then an increasing amount of, of um, an increase in... Uh, many things that lead to more effectiveness in life, and those would be the the above-the-line levels. So if we could kind of just keep it a little bit big picture, and you can certainly go on our website and get the descriptions of each one, our goal and our mission in life and the coaching that we do and everything that we do is really targeted toward helping people move from these more below-the-line levels of ineffectiveness to more above-the-line levels of increasing effectiveness because it, it it feels like life happens with more ease, with more flow, and certainly with more peace of mind and peace of heart.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, in your description, um, you said... Uh, a- we explore the neuroscience behind why effectiveness is critical to human well-being. And I Mm. really, really love that because, uh, you know, in the first sentence, we are saying, could it be true that effectiveness is more than simple efficiency or even (laughs) our goals? And that is, you know, Mm. that's a very different energy, a very different mindset versus looking effectiveness viewed through the lens of the well-being the well-being of the human being the wholeness the
1: yeah. totality i love that you pulled that out and i didn't you know it would have been fun to go to the dictionary and look up well, okay what is the definition of effectiveness but because we're saying this is how we see it and i think about years ago um you know and i think about this less effort more results and the total well-being that flows Out of that, Um, so there's a couple things. Let's let's unpack. Let's let me go back a little bit to this less effort, more results, because I'm thinking about how someone explained this to me years and years and years ago that I've I've gotten embedded in my consciousness. And they were talking about um, they were talking about also how uh, as as people become more self-aware and they become more developed, they weren't using our model, but they're still talking about consciousness. And they gave the example of doing sales. And I think this is a very concrete example, Ursula, and I'm curious what you think. So at a lower level of effectiveness in our language, maybe if you are sort of in this place that's more below the line, it's it's maybe in the field of frustration. You know, you might have to make 100 sales calls to get one sale. You might still be able to do it, or maybe it's 20, but oh my gosh, it's putting, pushing that rock uphill because it is who you're being and how you are internally regulated, we're going to talk about that in a minute, is pushing against you just being able to achieve whatever result you're, you're wanting. Whereas if you go into kind of the middle level, we might call that like courage and engagement, you might get to the point where you can make 10 calls and get a sale or even come to a point where you make two calls and you get a sale. And then there may even be a point of effectiveness at the very high upper end. And I think hopefully people will resonate with this where you're making sort of one effort, you know, one call and you get 10 sales. And I think a lot of you know those of you who are coaches are listening to this. If you've done it for a while, you recognize this. You don't have to do. You don't have to work as hard because you've you've become more effective. And as you've gone, you have a reputation. You've established yourself. And so you know one one client may refer ten more. So Ursula, does this make sense as an example?
0: Yeah, it does. And, uh, you know, in my previous life, a million uh, years ago, uh, I did real estate. Uh, You know, I was a licensed assistant to a very successful uh real estate person. And I saw it in that industry where cold mm-hmm. calling okay. was, you know, the, the given thing. And I never believed in it because the energy – of that call, call was literally pushing that rock up the hill. Nobody <laughs> liked it. Nobody wanted to do it. Everybody thought it was silly. And there was a huge should around this effort. You know, I should be doing it. Nobody did it with joy or any kind yeah. of, you know, curiosity or fascination or any anything like that. And so that effort then became... Uh, hard 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 work and I you know I said when I first started that job I'll never do it I won't do it it's, it's useless <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
1: it's it's too it's too much work it's too much effort it's too much of a drain on our energy and I think you know you could say well that's just about experience and learning it and there may be some aspect to that that contributes to it but certainly if you look more broadly, if we look more broadly at this, we can see that there's also a quality, and I don't know a better way of saying it, Ursula, other than that who the person is being. And I think about, you know, that there are, uh, sales people for example that I have dealt with where who they are being is such a delight I am highly motivated to find ways to spend my money with them right oh, and totally. others who, totally. totally and others who are so you know either crabby or pushy or they seem to be working out of some kind of fear about it or something where I just think get me out of here uh mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And it, it's totally, it's, it's really,
0: it's really, it's felt, you know, they might use the same words, but it is a felt, you can feel the motivation behind it. And it's, you know, if it's not resonant, it, it's not going to happen.
1: Well, and so, you know, sort of knowing this and seeing this, and I think we, you know, people, we all know this intuitively, like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, you're more drawn to positive people, et cetera. At Be Above, what we've tried to do is said, okay, well, what is actually happening in the brain of someone who is more of that magnetic person, who is the kind of person, and, you know, sales is just one example, but the person that you want to, be with, you want to work with, you want to go see them speak, you want to have them be your coach, you want to start a business with them, whatever it is, what is it that is actually happening in their brain that makes them more of a, where they're more of a pull and less of a push, there's maybe one way mm-hmm. to think about
0: it. hmm Yeah, and uh, of course, uh, you know, in our work, the first thing that uh, comes to mind is the concept of brain integration, is having this system that we have in our brain, in our head, and in our body work together in this very harmonious uh, way of being, this this state where everything comes together. And I think that is what we feel when we talk to someone um, so, so, I want to bring it up an example someone who is okay, good. clear somebody who is both clear about what the let's say the product you know for for a better word, be it a house, a car or coaching uh, that are very clear about what the the point is, what the program is, what the cost is there is this clean energy that this lovely clarity while at the same time they are curious, they are heartfelt, there is a deep connection on a human level. And so that is a part of integration that, that helps this person just be in the zone that the other
1: person on the receiving end can feel. And I think it really can help put that person in a in in a state of less attachment, which is actually really attractive. And I'm thinking about an example from my own life, because I love that example. And I was thinking about this time when you and I was about to do a, a presentation was in Washington DC and I was getting some feedback from some of the, the blessed lovely people around me that there was kind of more room for me. Like you should like you should be a bigger person in this space. Like go ahead and you know be bolder, take up more room. And I really realized in conversation with you that I had a competing commitment. And the competing commitment was I want to be connected. I want to be humble. I want to stay connected to my community. I'm not sure that I really want to stand out that much because how is that going to make me then, you know, not so heart-centered? And that's really important to me. And so you and I created this way of looking at these two different values and that's how we identified it, that I had a value around bigness because that resonated with me. I wanted to be big. I wanted to – people listen to what I had to say. But I also wanted to be humble. And so we created this fun way of looking at that that brought the two together. This is integration that we're talking about. So rather than saying, well, just forget about humility and be big – be bold. Who cares about humility? Well, the truth is I care about humility. So instead it's saying, how do you have both? So in this fun little process, we cre- we just put the words together and I came up with a new word, which I call humility, which is about being humble and big. But what is really interesting about all of this is that um, I then worked with this. I then worked with this seeming paradox of like, oh, how do I stay humble but also be big at the same time? And one of my dear friends about a year or two later, very, very well-respected leader in the coaching community, someone I, I respect a lot, she, I was telling her about this, and she looked at me and she said, oh, that's what you did. She said, because I really notice a difference. Mm. And I thought that was mm-hmm. such, such great feedback. And I think that that it's like what you're saying, like the clarity is like the bigness and, you know, people could see that. Like I got some stuff to say. And then the humility is the humanity that you were talking mm-hmm. about. And that process, along with many others, I think helped me kind of move to another level where, uh, things were easier for me and around me. Does that make sense, what I'm saying? Oh, it makes total sense because,
0: uh, you know, having uh, worked with that very process myself and with many of our students, I can really see how this black and white thinking, the the polarity, it's either that or mm. it's that, really pushes us into um, a certain mode of action that is not, Mm-hmm. not effective you know there's another example of uh you know some people are so strategy and task driven it is it's hard sometimes to be with these people because they don't seem to be able to connect or have a vision right or be look at, you know, or, or a little bit of a dreamer. They, they come back immediately of just like, well, let's, you know, let's put it into action and let's have a strategy. And so that's, again, it's this black and white. It's this either or rather than this place of integration where we bring these two pieces together where we can be both dreaming and move into, okay, let's let's bring it into life. Let's
1: bring it into the world. Well, and you know what, here's what we love is that we've been we've been on this journey for about 15, well, probably about, I guess about 11 years where we've really been looking at the brain in terms of effectiveness and we are finding lots of validation. And one study that I think about is one that looked at what leaders are most likely to create of what, um, I think this is a Richard Boyatzis study where he looked at how do you create a positive emotional attractor in the brain, which is going to, bottom line, it's going to be a more open, creative uh, brain that's kind of more, a brain that's more on fire, making lots of connections. Okay, so that's what you would want as a leader. You would want the people on your team to be kind of on fire with their neurons going and be in this positive, emotional, open state. And so he looked at Well, what kind of, what's going on in the leader's brain? So if you scan the brains of a whole bunch of team members and you say, oh, they're in this positive emotional attractor, they're creative and they're open and they're not being defensive according to the brain scan. Okay, well, what kind of brain will you see in the leader? And here's one of the things they found. You will see a brain that has more dual firing in terms of right and left hemisphere. So this goes Mm. to your point about the polarity, that the argument, no, it's better to be an analytical leader or it's better to be a relational leader. You know, we're saying that, no, what, what creates the most, the best impact on the team member is a leader who can be integrated because leaders who were more left brain, maybe more looking at the details, a di- created a more of a negative emotional attractor and leaders who were more right brain where maybe they were very relational but they couldn't bring as much in in terms of the details also created a negative emotional attractor. So let's get out of this argument about polarities because the answer is both. And I will say, yeah. Ursula, in our work with the brain, almost every time the answer is either both or it depends on context.
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, I had I had a coaching client this morning who is working for someone who um, is all about vision, 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 and it is frustrating the living daylights out of the the team members. He runs a very small company, and he just lost two people because they they couldn't they couldn't do it anymore, and yeah. it's it uh, grounded. It's, uh, no, and here I think is the problem. There is a lack of uh, knowledge and awareness in people, whether they are leaders or entrepreneurs or what, whatever they are. There is a lack of awareness why we are the way we are and why we do the things we do. Because I said to my client, this is, you know, I know what, this is fixable. This can be fixed, <laughs> but he, he, you know, it's because it's a brain thing. I mean, it is a disintegration, and that can be worked on so that he becomes a more right. integrated leader. Um, but he's not aware that what he is doing is ineffective. He can see the results, but he doesn't know what to do about it because he doesn't understand his brain.
1: Right, and it's making him ineffective, and and. Because and and yet he's you know he's got a value around that and he's you know probably often mm-hmm. people who are more like that are really nice guys and really nice mm-hmm. people and you know it's sort of hard to, hard to say well you know people are leaving because they actually want the integration and when we've gone out and asked people you know who are the leaders that you would you know follow through fire. You know, the leaders that are really memorable, that you really love, it is inevitably, I promise you, it is those who are doing, both can be in task and relationship, hold the details, hold the big picture. These are various areas now, by the way, that are that are tied to integration. It's never, oh, he was such a visionary, but he didn't get anything done. Those are not the memorable leaders. They're not. No, They might be nice friends, but people respond to, um, and we feel better when we're in this place of both. It is the big, Mm -hmm. big and. I think there's another aspect, too. I mean, there's a couple of others that I wanted to highlight in terms of what happens in effectiveness. And they're tied to, you know, it's all, It's nothing is, is, you know, just in completely different buckets. They all kind of have some resonance with each other. But I think about that, the other thing I've seen as people increase their effectiveness, seem like they're kind of moving on the seven levels to higher levels, they seem to be more able to be observers of their experience, mm-hmm. to have what you mm-hmm. and I love to call a strong observer mind. And what are, you, what are your thoughts about why that creates a more effectiveness, Ursula? Ursula? I think, so from a
0: personal perspective, uh, if I am able to um, be more in an observer mind, I can actually uh, watch myself. I can actually Mm -hmm. see where I am going. So from a brain perspective, I can see where I'm heading. Am I being... Am I getting into the land of chaos because there's too much going on? Or am I myself now going into black and white thinking and, you know, sort of going like it's my way or the highway? Or where, where am I heading in regards to my body, my thought process? I can actually look at that. And that is effective I know, I love because, that. I can, because then I can be observing myself. I can regulate it. If I'm swallowed up by it, there's no regulation. It's like being drowning. I'm drowning in the (laughs) waters of
1: the the ocean, and, you know, there's no life raft. I think that's great. And I think that when we have more of this observer mind, we have a couple of choices. One is, you know, if we have the the tools and awareness, if we've done some self-development work, and I've got an example of this, sometimes we can observe and go, oh, okay, now I know what I need. And if we don't... Even, even if we don't, if we, you know, recognize this observer mind, and this will also ha- often happen with new coaching clients, where they'll come to me and they'll say, I'm noticing that I'm doing this. I'm noticing mm-hmm. that I don't sometimes, I don't have as much patience as I would like to have. And I'm ready to work on that. Great. You are now able to observe this rather than just, as you say, be drowning in the ocean and blaming everybody else for making you impatient. This ability, I think, is, I mean, I just think, fantastic, you are already an observer. you I mean, it's, what do they say, excuse my language, but the truth will set you free, but first it will piss you off, because <laughs> I think that often yeah. happens. It's like, damn it, why am I not more patient? But I'm like saying, no, no, you've already won, because you can see it, and we can work with that. Whereas if you can't even see it, oh, it's a whole lot more you know, it's, it's less effective because my first job as a coach is to help you have an understanding of what might be driving you away from the results you want. Um, but oh, I think, I love so, that. I think so. I
0: mean, I, I really yeah, I really really love that because you are you are so right. It is that is a great key that opens the door to so many other choices yeah. than, rather than uh, people that are really completely unaware also of their impact because I think this is yeah. the other aspect of effectiveness. We have a difference more resonant impact on the people and the world around us
1: yeah we do i mean this you know if you think about you know if you're in a relationship with someone and they're just like you know the the difference between somebody who's just being impatient and is sort of like why aren't you know why can't you get this done like that versus somebody who says Ursula, I'm, I'm, I'm aware that sometimes I get impatient and I'm really working on that. And if I do it, please tell me because I want to work on that. And I don't always mm-hmm. know how and I don't always know it. I mean, doesn't your heart just open with the second one? It's just like you want to help oh. them. You want to be like, yeah, okay, we're on the team, patience team. <laughs> Right. And you I think also what gets
0: activated for me then is forgiveness. It's like, okay, well at least yeah. they're aware that they're impatient or whatever it is.
1: <laughs> you know,
0: and that I I can handle that. I can forgive that versus somebody who just is and ignores the fact that they oh, are.
1: Totally. Or can't see it. And so I think about it, and then I was just going to do an example of regulation, and this is just a very personal example because it was with you and me. So we were going to meet about something, and I'm trying to remember what it was, but it was something where I – you maybe didn't even know this, because I had a very clear idea of how this thing should happen. What – damn it, I wish I could remember the exact thing. It would be more resonant. But it was some project we were doing, and I was like – this should be the title, this should be the way that it was going. And, and in the email, it was clear maybe you, you possibly didn't agree. And I'm getting ready for our call, and I'm noticing, this is awareness, this is observer, and I'm realizing that I'm noticing that I'm getting very rigid. <laughs> but I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm going to go on to this. I'm catching myself thinking, well, I'm going to need to tell her that this is how it is, right? Right. But what is great and and is more effective is that I can hear myself and I'm thinking, hold on a minute. And because I know that the counterbalance to rigidity is often looking at something from someone else's perspective or looking at the big picture, in that moment I had the tools. So, I could go hold on a minute what 's the big picture? The big picture is I love and adore my business partner we 've been together for twenty <laughs> years. She often has really usually has really really good ideas most almost all the time and so hold on a minute this is this is not the way I want to go in and so, I remember in that meeting, I went in and I went in with curiosity. i i gave myself an intention to go in with curiosity and then it was one of those things and this happens to me all the time when I take a beat where whatever it was you had a better idea anyway <laughs> it was like okay my rigidity and all of that lesson learned but I had to be aware and I had to be aware hold on that's where I'm going and either then get help like from a coach or if I've if I've Practiced enough, tap into my own tool so that we could have an easy, quick, effective meeting where a better solution came out because I wasn't being rigid.
0: You know, this is such a great example. And uh, while you were talking, uh, you, you know, I've been looking at my database. <laughs> I can't remember what was, when was it? I. I've, I just remembered that we were um restructuring our program and looking at payment options and uh you know full payment versus quarterly versus you know Oh that was uh, a, that, no,
1: I have to, I just have to I have well, to say that wasn't the. That's a really good example. That, that wasn't, wasn't the one I was thinking of, but that's another example of when I was going to be rigid for sure. Yeah, but it, it <laughs> what is it, uh, it,
0: well, it, it is a good it, it is a good example in regards to effectiveness because we create yeah. different results. So you yeah. know we were looking at the restructuring of our program, and that required different payment structures. And uh, so, you know, I think the way you were coming in was saying, well, it's this and it's this and it's this. And, and I was going like, well, I, you know, I'm not so sure if I were a participant whether I would want that. And when we stop being rigid and we are being more open as you then were, we open up a space of creativity I felt heard. it enabled yeah. better dialogue, and we came up with payment structures, payment structures that have worked so well, the solution yeah. came to yeah. us very quickly. So talk about less effort, better results, and it was because yeah. we stopped a, the black and white thinking of one polarity versus the other
1: no that 's a really good concrete example, and that 's exactly right and I will say, for whatever reason, in that conversation, I was in a brain lock about the way that it should be you were not being rigid at all you're being really creative I was and it was one of those where I had to almost it was you ever like feel like you have to just sort of peel yourself off the whatever you 're gripping on <laughs> it's like i 'm gripping onto this ball and I have to like almost like take my hand and like peel myself off from it that 's what i remember there but it was this little voice saying you know hold on what's more important here is your collaboration not being right but man I was I was in this holding on to that ball of being right and then when I did you were absolutely right this this whole new possibility synergy becomes possible where you know two brains become the power of five rather than you know two separate ones Um, but I had to have Uh, You know, and this has been something for me, it's been part of my journey to have a real awareness of this tendency that I have to think that I know the answer to everything and to keep trying to peel my hand off that ball. Um, And at the same time, as you say, be confident, be clear, be open. This is not, this is like balancing on a very, on a narrow wire, right? It is not necessarily easy.
0: Without a, Often without a safety net. Um, but the other thing that's interesting about this example is um, we were talking about uh, effectiveness is critical to human well-being. And you mentioned mm-hmm. that earlier on. It feels just so much better when we're not gripping onto the ball. It feels so much better when we can let go and open ourselves up. Because in the end, after after we had this conversation and we sorted it all out, I mean, everybody was just delighted with what we came up. And we were so proud of ourselves. So we just feel better when it happens.
1: Well, you know, and I think about, and this is really part of the seven levels model, and I think has really become part of the way that we try to work in the world. And of course, it's always a work in progress. But you know, I think about that winning is the booby prize because I could have mm. won, and then and had you not, you know, you know, not feel as trusting toward me, or and also not have as good a solution for you know, the, the, our participants, but I could have had that booby prize of being right, being the smartest one. but I wasn't really, but feeling like I was, and there's a booby prize mm-hmm. there. And the research, you, you know, you, you well know the research, and this even goes back to David Rock, and some of you might be familiar with his scarf model. So the research is what, that when your status goes up, it can elicit a dopamine response in the brain so it can feel very rewarding to be like oh i proved i proved that i'm the smartest one it's very much the academic model and it's one of the reasons we don't choose to play very much in academia because it feels really distasteful to me and ursula um we mm-hmm. think co-created understanding is much it's not you know that's the real reward and then it can happen without the anybody's nervous system getting activated because they're trying to win or they're feeling like they lost. Well, and, you know, this then brings me to something
0: else. Once we have had an experience like that where somebody digs their heels in, um, it becomes part of our prediction we then have this experience mm-hmm. and then the next meeting we are already sort of somewhat expecting that you know there's another digging of the heels going on and if this gets repeated a couple of times then you know our brains are really starting to expect that and that is right. not a good thing that's not a good thing for the brain and it's not not a good thing for the body
1: right and and you can have that with an individual, or you can, you know, have some experiences early in life that you then have a prediction about. Well, people are this way. People are untrustworthy, right? People mm-hmm. are um, non-collaborative. People will, you know, stab you in the back, and that can then be a prediction, which can then become a self-fulfilling prophecy. So there's, there's, yes. I mean, there. As we say, we get into some really. Layered things, but one of the things we also see in terms of the neuroscience of effectiveness and, you know, less effort, more results is it, to me it always feels less effortful, less costly in terms of my human energy when I feel like I'm in choice. Because mm-hmm. I think that oh, yeah. the, the, right, the feeling that we don't have choice or don't have control, you know, according to some of the folks that we follow in terms of the research of stress, is 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 often the number one stressor. I feel like I don't have mm-hmm. any control. I don't have any choice. I sh- you were saying it's like I should do this, like the sale, the cold calling. Mm-hmm. I have to do this, and that can be from an external organizational boss perspective, or it could it can be self imposed, and I think sometimes in this you know, entrepreneurial world that we live in, we listen to the wrong podcast and we just start doing the shoulds on ourselves.
0: Yeah. No, I I completely agree. There's so much pressure that comes from the outside world that I think we internalize. There's, There's so much, so many shoulds. And then we look to the outside and we see all these examples of the shoulds and I think we start doubting ourselves. You know, we had an earlier conversation about is bigger, you know, bigger isn't always better. But I think culturally, sometimes we get lured into this, uh, you know, illusion that everybody, again, should aim for bigger and better versus looking, well, what is in alignment with what I truly want?
1: Well, it makes me think of that old, there's a story about a guy who's on vacation in Jamaica and there's a guy laying on the beach and he's a, <laughs> you know, fisherman and and the the businessman comes by and says, you know, you know, if you had a couple more boats, you could do this and you could do that and you could have this and, you know, bigger catch and sell more things and and the guy keeps asking... Well, why would I want to do that? Why would I want to do that? And it finally comes to the very end. He says, "Well, why would I want to do that?" Well, because if you had all that, you could just lay back and relax. And the guy says, (laughs) "Like what I'm doing right now." And (laughs) you know, I I I just I love that. I love that story, but I will tell you, over the course of years, and we have a small and lean organization that we dearly, dearly love. The above is our. Just beloved child, and we have a part-time uh, virtual assistant, and we have a part-time marketer who we also adore, and, that's pretty, and then we have a number of contract trainers, a few, but I can't tell you how many conversations I've had over the years with people who have big business ideas for what we should or could do. And, I, you know, I always listen to it and sort of, well, if you did this and you could have franchisees and you could expand into Russia and you could do this. And I always come back and say, yeah, but here's the thing, that wouldn't be fun. I wouldn't enjoy it. Yes, but you could have all of this, you know, think about your, you know, exposure and all of this. And I always come back and say, yeah, but that, there would be so much management to that that I would no longer be able to do the thing I love, which is to teach. So I'm doing mm-hmm. what I love, and your argument is not persuading me. I'm already laying on the beach. <laughs> yeah, right. No, exactly. I mean, it is about experience. It's about the
0: experience that we create in our lives, and, you know, the form, uh, you know, ultimately is completely, uh, is, is, is somewhat irrelevant. Because really, I think what we all want as human beings is a sense of ease, of peace, of fulfillment, enjoying the work we do, having time for the things that matter to us. And if we can have that experience, and I tell you, if we were to grow more than we are right now,
1: some of those experiences we wouldn't be able to have because we wouldn't have time for it. But I think this is also something that comes along with integration, is that you start understanding more, and it probably has to do with, with with the right and left hemisphere of the brain and also probably the task network and the default network being more able to work together, because I think when we are less integrated, it's easier to think that the to see that the form, that the way something looks from the outside, the big business or the be the CEO or you know the have the thing, the big house, whatever, it it looks like um, we miss that that's just a thing, and that what we're mm-hmm. really wanting is how we feel, and um, and that we can get very confused about that. And I what I've certainly seen and maybe this is even just a distinction that it's just helpful to bring in, is that being able to understand that experience and form are two different things and experience is ultimately what we really want and we get confused about the form and that, you know, doing something, having something, you know, having something be a thing is just a is just an example of it and it may or may not give you the how you want to feel. So yeah. here's an example. This feels a little theoretical, but an example is I've been watching the Elizabeth Holmes trial and Elizabeth Holmes was the CEO of Theranos and she's in pretty deep trouble right now because I mm-hmm. think she is the example of someone in Silicon Valley who got very attached to that the form that she needed to have was to be a billionaire, to be this, well, you know, to be this creative genius and the next Mark Zuckerberg, et cetera. Um, and that was the form she was going through, and she was willing to do anything, including lie, cheat, and steal in order to Mm -hmm. have that form and you know lo and behold where that's brought her is who knows whether she's going to get jail time or not but she certainly you know it didn't it, it going for the form without providing the real experience and the real you know the truth you know doing the thing she was professing to do which was to revolutionize blood testing she wasn't doing it she was putting all of her effort into what it looked like Rather than mm-hmm. into actually trying to create something of value, and to me that's a really good example of how someone got the form, you know, got all mixed up about this experience of who they wanted to be, all mixed up with the form, and so she doesn't have either. Did that make any sense at yeah. all? <laughs> a no, I mean, I, I
0: I think this is really this is really very very interesting, and I think it is. Uh, it is it, this whole experience and form thing is a really really interesting concept because i think we get uh, culturally also socialized to always look at the form it is it is often the come from place how we make choices you know whether it's job it is about often about title um, and what looks good on paper even back to my uh, real estate days even how we choose houses We go by the form, that it's two-story, corner lot, three bedrooms, two bathrooms, rather than walking into a house and going, what is the experience I want as I'm waking up in this room that will be the bedroom? What is the experience as I walk into the kitchen and make tea and look out? Is this the experience I want? And then the form can be... I mean it can be a farmhouse in the country or a you know a condo you know in a development it ultimately will not matter, and so that confusion yeah, i great. think is, is a, it's it's just a general confusion as you said that I think is also very much cultural that's how we get yeah and again, to look at the form.
1: i think you i think you're right and i have one last example then we can drop this one but i think about when my son noah was going as an undergraduate and he was going to and his father was taking him on a college tour and i i'm not i think what we're saying here from the perspective of integration in terms of effectiveness is there's a place for form and there's a place for experience and often experience gets left out and so i told noah you know definitely you know check on all of the practical things like look to see what you know student teacher ratio is and you know figure out all of that stuff on the practical checklist level and then stand in the middle of campus and imagine yourself there and see if you could see if you see if it feels good does it feel good does it feel like home and he you know mm-hmm. to his credit um he did that and, and that was a factor in how he chose. And I think that's what we're saying is in terms of effectiveness, we want to have all of these factors be able to come together. Um, and there are some neural correlates for this because that makes us really powerful in the world in a really good way, not in a power over others, but power with others. You know, this... Back to my example of that, you know, these, this being both big and humble at the same time has given me both connection to other people and also pride in myself. And and that makes me feel like I'm being the person that I want to be here in the world. Mm. Yeah, I I really love that, that it is. Uh, it is always a
0: place of integration. It's always a place of yes and. It's not one or the other, but all the pieces together give us this. Uh, this number one, it gives us the self awareness. It gives us, and it gives us more choice. If it's one thing, you know, whether it's, you know, whether it's form or experience, if you're just focusing on one thing, there is a limited choice but if it's a yes end of multiple things we have there's so much so many more options
1: yeah and i think the other thing is is that when we're not fighting within ourselves when we're saying mm. you know i am going to be this i'm going to stand in this center of the everything of who i am and not just try to tick the boxes or get to the top of the ladder but if that's important to you then Absolutely, climb to the top of the corporate ladder, but bring in everything else that's important to you as well, which I promise you will be more complicated but will be more fulfilling, because you're going to be moving from a place of balance and center. And if we think about martial arts or tennis, you 're a tennis player, Ursula, or you know I think about even horseback riding. Everything that we do in terms of a powerful movement in the world moves from a grounded, powerful center. Yes,
0: absolutely. Oh gosh, I hear that every Monday and Wednesday morning
1: <laughs> <laughs> on the tennis court. Be balanced. And that might on the tennis court. Be, Be balanced. Be balanced. And, and that. Yeah. And that means that sometimes you can reach out with the right arm or the left arm or do stuff, but there's this grounded center. And I think this is why people who really are integrated in multiple areas, we see them. In fact, it's one of the ways we describe effectiveness. We might describe someone as they seemed very disintegrated or they seemed very integrated. We sort of use that sometimes synonymously with effective, because when someone is integrated, it's an automatic, they're going to be easy to work with. They're going to be easy Mm -hmm. to deal with. There's going to be a magnetism. And if they're disintegrated, it doesn't matter kind of which way, how they're disintegrated, because they're going to be more work to work with and therefore less magnetic. And so maybe that's kind of the ultimate bottom line. What do you think, Ursula? Ursula. Yeah. we've really gone around the merry-go-round of
0: effectiveness uh, integration we've looked at observer mind at choices uh you know and you know and that you know the challenge is when we see life through this this polarity instead of the 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 balanced yes and so we've been around the the whole the not even the whole we've touched on some of the some of the items that we talk about in our program as it relates to effectiveness. Um, so if you're intrigued by effectiveness, integration, observer mind, and everything that Anne and I have sort of been chatting at, uh, about, uh, go and have a look at our website, com. We have the seven levels model on there as well. You can have a look and see what it means and uh, explore our work Um yeah, uh, what else do we want to say? And in closing, I'm going to give you the last word.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to come back to that. Uh, I, 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 we, we have such a belief, Ursula and I, after doing this work for so many years, that life um, has the potential to be deeply joyful, deeply in flow, Deeply resonant for all human beings and that it's not just an idea but there's actually neuroscience is giving us a bit of a toolkit and a map in terms of taking ourselves and taking others there and if you're a coach. Our program takes you through multiple ways of helping people become more integrated. And in the process, what most of our students say is they kind of feel like they could become more integrated themselves. And the end result is, uh, I think, a more fulfilling on every level life and eat more ease at getting whatever it is you really want. I am so glad I gave you
0: the last word because that was beautifully <laughs> said. Oh, thank you, my dear. Always quality. fun hanging you out are with you. Welcome. Thanks, ev-
1: thanks everyone thanks for everybody. listening. Take good care.
0: Yes. Bye bye. Bye bye.